0: Welcome, we're Phil and Jen and this is season two and it's episode three of our podcast and this one is called Growth and Change. We're in the middle of a season called uh, Setting the Bible Free and this is our third week and we've been talking about um, what is the Bible, how do we hold it, how do we set it free from all the ways that it's been hijacked and co-opted and sort of manipulated and used in all kinds of crazy ways. How do we set it free to be what it is? So we're talking about what is it? And uh, we're in the midst of that. We're talking about how it grows, how it changes, how we hold it grows and changes, and how that is actually a really seemingly scary thing at first, but it's actually quite a, a liberating reality. Yeah.
1: And we have some things going on right now we'd love to invite you to. So we have a marriage retreat coming up And that is November 12th through 13th in Carlsbad, California. And we would encourage you to stay through the 14th. Love to invite you to that. We have been having this last season, man, we've been having our own just like, we're calling it a marriage renaissance, which is getting kind of (laughs) getting old, I think, because we just keep calling it this over and over. But it's really been this season of us seeing each other with fresh eyes and our marriage just kind of coming alive in this last season. And, um, man, this, we know that this pandemic has taken a toll on relationships and particularly marriages. And so we would love just to create a space and, um, invite you to that space to just be kind of, uh, yeah, hopefully have your own marriage Renaissance where you would be able to see each other again with fresh eyes. Um, be able to just have fun and be poured into and, um, be guided through some really cool experiences. So love to invite you to that November 12th through 13th. We changed the date on that. So, um, make sure to mark your calendar there. And then we had, um, another how to reimagine your life experience in Oceanside last weekend. It was so fun. Met some Blast. new friends down there. Yep.
0: Awesome people had
1: some incredible conversation and A really
0: fun little venue. And, uh, it's a cool night.
1: Yeah. And we have one coming up this weekend in Santa Cruz. So if you're up that direction, we'd love to invite you to that. Santa Cruz, October 16th.
0: Love it. Yep. So what else? we're doing this thing on setting the Bible free. The workshop's called How to Set the Bible Free. And last week was like the first one where we really jumped in. And we spent a chunk of time here in this podcast talking about, um, Reality versus expectation, if you heard that one. And it was about how often um, what's happening in our culture and society is the Bible's become this. It's more like a cultural icon that we know little about. Um, and there's all these expectations of what it is and how we're supposed to operate with it that are handed to us. But then our experience of the thing often doesn't line up with that. And then it creates this dissonance and all kinds of weird issues that, that happen. So our, our workshop actually on, on last Thursday that we had at Pitfire Pizza, Costa Mesa was really fun because uh, we broke down like what it is like what is the Bible and and we did that by starting with just like a a history of what the Bible is.
1: Yeah like how it came to be.
0: Uh, Yeah this like it's a it's you know the storyline started some 3,500 years ago and so like it's difficult to get to know a person unless you know their story and where they came from and what their experiences and their traumas and their achievements and the relations like it's hard to know someone without knowing their story it's the same thing with the bible and so we started out with this long history of what it is and it sparked all kinds of exciting conversations because what it really does is reveal like the humanity of the thing yeah and ground us in that and what was fun is like the, just the discussion and the the energy in the room that little back kitchen well, and pit fire yeah
1: and what's interesting is we're talking about this book, right? Like we're all, we all came together to talk about a book, but really it was so much more than that. And what's was interesting was like you said, the energy in the room, I was like, I mean, there was people who were tearing up. We had, we had people share with us that it was like a breath of fresh air. We had people sharing that it was like, they just felt this like freedom, um, through the conversation And which I, that's what we're so excited about is not only the way that we obviously will Learn how to hold the thing and and set it free from kind of these certain expectations we put on it, but also the ways that that frees us in the process. And it's been so cool to see that already happening. So we'd love to invite you to that. We have three more weeks of that every Thursday night. So the starting or you know this Thursday night, um, through the end of October, in Costa Mesa, California. Um, and I'm just gonna go straight off of that. Yeah. You in that workshop, you gave a history, a very thorough history. Um, of just how the Bible came to be. and I was wondering if you could just briefly
0: <laughs> take an hour and a half. I mean sixty seconds
1: If you could briefly, can you just sum that up because I feel like that was so helpful. No <laughs> it's really hard to do. But can you just give us like a brief overview right now of how did the Bible come to be? because I think that would be helpful for uh, this conversation as we're talking about growth and change in the way that the Bible changed over time.
0: Yeah. I will do my best. Um, <laughs> just no problem, right? Yeah, easy. Just sum
1: up like just thousands of years of, of history.
0: Without cutting anything short of it. Okay, this is like caveat. I'm going to do my best here. Um, I actually like talking about it because it helps align reality with expectation. And I, it's just when that happens, there's like freedom. There's immense freedom yep. that comes. and And so if you look at, the Bible and its history, at least with the tradition that I came out of in Christianity, it's like you, I, I was formed and shaped and schooled in a tradition that um, almost like saw the Bible as this like rule book for life or um, like doctrine book or like God's answers or um Almost Basic like it fell from the sky, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's like or like a, Jesus wrote it. It's like a classic saying, yeah. Like it fell out of the sky in a hermeneutically sealed box. It's like don't touch it. It's perfect, and you just open it up, and there is the answer. So whatever, and then you open it, and it's like what? This doesn't line up. It's like a weird old collection of books that um, is. It's, it's like a library of many things. It's forty three percent narrative. 33% poetry, 24% discourse. It's like a, it doesn't give you that thing. It just wasn't ever that thing. It's something else. And so it's helpful to know what it is when you're digging into it. And so historically, if you look at where it came from, I'm going to take a, a hard run at highest level overview. Mm-hmm. It's It's essentially like The. what we have recorded over time that people collectively saw as like the essence of what God was doing in the world. There's many, many more recordings that were very, very vital to people of faith over the years um, as a part of these traditions, I will say, that came out of this thing from the beginning. But um, these are the ones that like stood the test of time that became Mm. a library of books that we have put together and call it the Bible. Mm. But um, I mean, from its earliest time, they were just oral traditions and stories that were told for hundreds of years generations upon generations um through a region in like like israel palestine egypt sort of modern day iraq area that at some point became writings and they essentially became like the national literature of a very small nation about the size of maine um and they don't really know scholars don't really know how that happened from oral tradition to um like it was like writings, mm. and then it was like collected over time. There's many genres of literature in what we call the Old Testament from a Christian tradition, and those different writings were like from the elite, like in Jerusalem more 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 likely than not, because um, mostly illiterate society writing and reading was was rare. So it was like the wealthy elite sort of class that kept this national literature and it was like an ongoing sort of gathering of narratives and stories and poems and wisdom sayings and um the prophets sort of statements and oracles and it was like gathered and then compiled and edited and compiled and edited and they think there was like multiple versions of the things as they came about and like things like the Pentateuch, um, which are the first five books of the Bible where they didn't, we didn't get their final compiled form until like 500 years before Christ, which is like way late. And it's, it's just It's a story of the national literature of a small nation slowly gathered and compiled over centuries into this thing that wasn't even like a closed thing. It was like an open collection of writings that had immense meaning that slowly over time moved from narratives that we talked about to writings that we had, to books that had incredible impact and meaning, to this transition to like holy, mm-hmm. sacred scripture, which is a whole different thing. Like mm-hmm. with some other kind of authority baked into it, but the thing itself never tells us what that authority means. It just there's a there's a divine nature to the thing. It suddenly becomes holy and sacred. Which is so that was a slow, long process. That. Well it's
1: like the things that it's interesting what stood the test of time. It's like the thing that maybe... At the res- the things that resonated most true... I don't know. I think about like the oral tradition. Like how amazing that is that even any of that lasted.
0: Right. And which ones I mean, made it. And how wild, did they end up where it? they did.
1: Yeah. So what did Jesus have? Because,
0: um, I mean... Okay, so... Are we there? Can yeah, yeah, you- yeah. So by the time you get to Jesus... I mean, he's a Jewish rabbi in first century Palestine, essentially. Um, first century Israel area. area. Um, I mean, at the time, they, they would operate in their like synagogue settings, and they had um, scrolls. And so if, if a synagogue was lucky enough to have some scrolls that were on these long 30-foot, expensive, rare pieces of parchment where the whole thing was written out, I mean, you'd have some books um, in your particular synagogue. And then most people couldn't read anyway. So it would be read on a Sunday, but they would like chant it. They wouldn't read it. Um, and then they would like interpret it and speak on it. And so like, it was like a slow movement of writings became scriptures became available to people. And so it was, it it was like a different kind of essence of what God's doing that's being captured in these things that's being slowly revered over time. And then after Jesus, like the new Testament's an entirely different thing, right? It's, um, these kind of like experimental, like different kind of literature and writings that were passed around the the Mediterranean world in just less than 100 years. There were letters, there were these gospels, there were these like other kind of documents and books that were written um, that like essentially chronicled the time of Jesus. So like even the first several generations of Christians didn't even have that. They did had, imagine generations and generations of Christians with no Bible. And with no writings in that sense, just like, and even then they gathered almost like synagogues. So you would get like whatever your little area had. And there was a great divergence in theology and practice. And at first they were just seen as like a sect of Judaism that interpreted it differently. And then later there was a split and it became more of like a non-Jewish movement. And then Judaism took the Bible and went their way and interpreted it the way they did. And then the Christians went their way and interpreted it the way they did. And then eventually the story is not worth spending time on right now you're at the workshop, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it like was formed into its own set of texts and books. But it was like, a, the point is it was a slow, long process of capturing what they sensed God was doing. Like this god breathe movement. And the people that were writing it didn't even know they were writing scripture when they were writing mm-hmm. it. It, yeah. just, it became scripture later because- it Like was, some
1: of them were just writing letters, right? Just, and, or, you know, isn't that interesting to think of like, paul writing a letter to the other churches and then now like just i think of him like knowing now what happened with that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah,
0: it was it was a movement they yeah. couldn't foretell yeah that, that was that that was happening it just the thing grew and moved and evolved to eventually become the thing that we have and even then like it it didn't really until different technologies allowed it to become the thing that we have. Like the first Christians couldn't imagine all that stuff being like saying, this is all that we can have and all this is what's in it, nor are, could they have imagined like all of that gathered into one book. They didn't even have books. They had like scrolls. And so the whole thing was way beyond the imagination of mm. Jesus or the first Christians at all. The Bible that we have is far beyond their imagination, which is just so interesting. Mm. Um, but it's also this collection of scriptures that have become scripture and holy and sacred, with um, incredible influence yeah. in us and in the world. But the point is, it it like it grew and it evolved,
1: right? Hmm.
0: Sorry, I, you asked for a brief history, and I just kind of went off forever.
1: No, no, is I'm just processing it because I'm thinking. You know, if you're hearing that for the first time, which I don't think most people are are hearing that for the first time, but if you're hearing that and you're kind of putting that up against this other idea of like, maybe, I mean, what's interesting is like, we don't talk about this. We talk about, we do Bible studies in, I mean, at least I never was taught about how the Bible came to be. Like I, I did like a thousand Bible studies, but I never actually went into like, well, where did this, come from or like who are the people that are writing these texts like i like and we got into that a little bit i think but so putting and that up these yeah. what, what about these stood the test of time that's an interesting question but putting that up against of like a, the idea of just i don't know i never really thought about it just maybe it like dropped from the sky obviously <laughs> See, <we laughs> nobody never, actually believes i
0: actually think that but, but you just
1: but you, you just sort of don't question it, right? Like, it's, it's just this holy Bible. The Bible holy says it, thing. So we should do it. Yeah. And so what I love about that is thinking about the humanity in it, like thinking about the people that wrote it. I mean, I loved when you were talking in the workshop about how Paul was a jerk <laughs> and like how nobody liked him and how... He was a
0: difficult man. And yet
1: at the same time, he's... Re- now we read Paul and we all quote Paul. We, we read the the letters no, no, that he wrote
0: everybody here listening you quote paul all the time <laughs> <laughs>
1: whatever uh, i feel like the books that he's written are some of the books that like that of course are taught the most right shaped, but here's this guy who was a jerk the in theology. reality he was the jerk that nobody liked
0: if, extreme but he was not an well he was a, yeah you're right he was intense man
1: i just like the humanity of it it just to me it it just in a way it makes the whole thing more like real in a, in a really great like gritty like we're all just humans and God speaks to us individually and and still does and it to me it makes the thing feel so much more alive and like there's like a it feels so much less st- um static to me you a, know
0: a lot of um it's like a lot of Christianity, like, almost like writes the humanity out of Jesus and the, the text and the whole thing.
1: Well, even when you said...
0: It makes it super, like...
1: <laughs> I know, I was thinking of that because you are like, well, Jesus didn't know that we would have what we had today. I was like, well, Jesus is God. He knew. Well, I don't know if he knew because he was fully <laughs> human. Like, I don't know. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like we... I feel like evangelicalism somehow writes the humanity out of all of it yeah as if it's not human. why is that but then also has this weird obsession with like disembodying itself to like abstract arguments of words and ideas rather than like an emb- like a human embodiment it's like the whole thing wants right. to move up into some other spiritual plane that misses like the like embodiment on the ground of the thing but both what it was I I call it 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 a
1: spiritual plane but like some sort of plane it's more of like a practical like plane like was it was a literal seven days or not like we're gonna argue about that like what about what is what what's like the essence and the message of this whole thing that we're like possibly missing you know
0: totally when in for movement wise here's what's interesting it's not just—I mean, obviously, the Bible itself was a long, slow process of growth and evolution itself to become what it's become. That that kept going even after um, you know they closed it up as a canon or like a closed set of books. But um, if you look historically, and and we're going to be talking about this this Thursday in terms of growth and change, like the whole movement has has changed dramatically, like. Consistently, every 500 years from the very beginning, where the way that people see themselves and God and the world and interpret what God's doing, whether that was before there were scriptures or while they're being formed or while they're being questioned or after they were script, like it's like every 500 years. I mean, we talked about this last season. Um, you can look at how the movement and the people involved completely changed and grew and evolved. And how they saw and held God in the world and themselves. And like the entire structure of everything changed as a result.
1: The societal structure. Societal right.
0: structure. And, and and not just like whatever church institutions or structures existed even before it was called church. But like the world around it was impacted and changed as well. And um, we're even now currently like at that sort of time period where things change and are growing and evolving. And you're seeing massive mm-hmm. change happening in terms of spirituality, especially in the United States, um, but but even beyond that, how it's impacting the world around us, and um, it's it's fascinating that growth and change, like for a lot of people, it's scary. Like, oh, we got to work really hard to get people back to the old thing. Um, but maybe like growth and change is intentionally baked in. It's 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 like the spirit. I always say the spirit needs form, but form is impermanent. And there's a sense in which spirits changing and evolving what what's happening and it's like people can miss it and be afraid of growth and changes if it's not part of the like as if it's not baked into the very thing itself.
1: Yeah. That's helpful for me when you were sharing with me the five hundred year thing and like just looking back through history that around every five hundred years we've had these massive societal changes, and it it's like the way that we view and interact with the scriptures. It's the way that we like, I mean, the last one was the reformation. Right. And that one's really helpful for me to look at and go that change was massive. And it not, it didn't not, it didn't just affect like the church. It affected like all of society. And obviously there's a lot around that, right. Like, um, you know, even technology shifts and things like that and the way that we were had access to things. But yeah, that that's interesting to think about that. We're, kind of around that 500 year mark once again it's crazy um
0: um sorry I was adjusting. are we having
1: a technology glitch over there Wait, where would i fix it okay um
0: <laughs> but um i'm even on a different one more layer which we're gonna get into this thursday there's like a the way that like the history of interpretation of the scriptures, so not just the scriptures themselves and the movement, but even like the history of recorded interpretation of scriptures has changed like dramatically over time. And at each point they were like faithfully like, this is it. This is how we all hold it. It's like, yes, it is. And then as that changed and adapted, as there's new revelation, new insight, new whatever, it was like a weird jarring transition and then it was like well this is new this is how we hold it right. and then it's not even new this is just how we, and then it then it's that's like,
1: just that's just life that's just the way that you look at the thing
0: what's it's it's like the spirit has always i always say this he's acquiesced the form to the needs and the state or stage of the people at that particular time in history which is true even now god meets us where we are and moves us forward which which is to me raised a very interesting conversation
1: well hold on remember we were talking about this before and i said that like freaked me out because i'm like wait god's god right. god shouldn't be like acquiescing to our needs <laughs> right what's the deal It's right. like god was god like what's but then you look back and, the, and this is like the scriptures talk about this all throughout like in kings when they're like the people were like we want a king and god's like ah if that's a good idea Mm. but they were like no no we want a king like this is what we need right and god's like all right fine like and just kind of gives them over to their thing like you can look through the scriptures and see story after story like this and i think like even sometimes god just kind of allows us to do our thing because it's and and when i think about like the essence to me of who god is and and, in freedom the freedom that we are given it's like we get freedom to make (laughs) to choose to yeah. operate the way we want to operate, right, and interact the way we want to interact. Anyway, it's just interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's. It that's a massive mind shift. <laughs> okay, this is what I think. Is an interesting conversation, which perhaps we okay. can look at it, or maybe we're just teeing it up for Thursday. Night. I don't know, but like, the, it's almost like like, is this thing. A backwards-looking movement in faith, or is it a forwards-looking movement in faith? I mean, that's the easiest way to say. It. Is it like, like we're looking back at this static, unmoving, unchanging, ancient thing that we're just constantly trying to get back to the original? You're talking about the Bible itself, or you're
1: just I'm talking talking about, the whole, about movement, the whole movement? But but
0: okay. about growth and change. Like, how do we get back to the original manuscripts which we don't have? How do we get back to the original way that? That they lived and operated. Well, they didn't even have a Bible. Like, honestly, couldn't even fathom one. How did we get back to the... Well, virgin? I mean, we did Well, that. it was like a we divergent house church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, It became illegal. Like, is it all about getting back? Or is it like a forward-looking thing of how do we continue to faithfully embody this now as it grows and changes and as the world grows and changes? it's It's like, is the Spirit pulling us forward into God's future or are we constantly looking back to something that already happened and trying to like figure that out? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. I'm, is that an actual question you're asking?
0: I think it's an interesting conversation. What do you think?
1: Okay. Well, I, I kind of wonder if it has to be either or Ooh. because I think that we can, I think it's important to look back and learn. We, we understand more about, God and ourselves and humanity and the way that humanity interacts with God, we can learn from people's mistakes. Obviously looking back, we can learn, you know, there's all kinds of things we can learn from looking back, but at the same time, man, we can get stuck there, mm. you know? And I don't, I don't also don't think it needs to be an either, or we're, we're only looking to the future, but at the same time, how do we hold the two intention? Because there is this thing that I think we miss out on when we are only holding the Bible as if it's supposed to tell us how to live our life. Like it's a rule book and we have to live within these certain, um, kind of confines. And we, we judge people based on whether they're living in those confines and we, um, you know, the whole thing, but there's this other way to hold it where it's like, are we, okay, here's the Bible. And, and it was canonized and it was, it was in a sense closed, right? Like, but in a, in a way, like, can we think about it? Like it's still happening. Like it's still, God is still moving and God is still speaking the divine, whatever, however you want to like call it, call God. <laughs> but are we, are we still seeing ourselves as part of the story still? Or are we looking back like that story's closed and just kind of, that's it. You know, I think it can be both. I think we can learn from, from the thing. And at the same time, ask the question and how is, like, if there was going to be something written, the book of whatever right now, how would we, what would be written about the way that God is moving in and through us? And are we embodying the thing, you know? The message, are we embodying like the love or the self, the pouring ourselves out for the healing of the world? Like is what's going to be written about this story right now?
0: Yeah, I, I agree entirely that it is, it's got to be both that there is a looking back and a looking forward. But I think there's like a, there's probably like a primary orientation that people take. Hmm. Like I'm looking back and it's all about what happened and I got to get that right. Versus I'm primarily looking forward. It's a part of this movement that began at some point and now I'm embodying it into the future. And obviously I want to bring all of that with me, because I know there's so much there. But I, I do wonder if there's a primary kind of posture in it. Um okay. another thought or or question is what does it do to you thinking about the fact? If the whole thing's grown and evolved, and if every 500 years, blah blah blah, and the Bible is this process, and at each point, God was still with the people faithfully, and the people were faithfully with God, and whatever they had was all that they had because you only have what you have, mm-hmm. you can only do the best with what you got, yeah. And so, like, at whatever point, we could look back and be like, what an archaic, crazy thing that they had at that point, or oh man, they didn't understand this, or um whatever, as you look back, not only through the development of the story itself, but also the way that it's been interpreted over the last couple thousand years. Um, even if it's just like a theological difference, like, oh, we don't hold it in an allegorical sense anymore. That's silly. We actually hold it in a whatever. Like, there's all kinds of things you can do, but each one at that stage was like faithful and it was, like we said, this is just, this is life. This is normal. This is God's way. This is what is. And then that changed, but God seemed to be in it in the moment and to be okay with that in the moment. Like, what does that do to you in terms of like now, (laughs) in all that we are a part of in these traditions and form that is like, that, like, it's like, yeah, this is it. God's in it, but also maybe God's doing something else. Like, what does that do to you in that sense? Is that like liberating? Is that scary? Or is that.
1: I think initially when we first like started digging into this stuff, it kind of just blew my mind open. You know what I mean? Like it was disorienting to think about the fact that, you know, generations have lived this out with a different kind of lens over it. But then I'm like, of course, because (laughs) we're humans. And even like, if I think about now, you know, if we were to, if you and I were to experience the same event and then we both go, come home and tell the kids about it, like we're going to tell the kids about it in a completely different way. Yours is obviously going to be a way better story and way more exaggerated because, Are you know, we that's
0: you- good. <laughs> just be in color, whereas maybe yours would be like. Oh, okay. Shades of.
1: <laughs> Sh-
0: whatever. Shades of what? <laughs> shades of color.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. We're, we're going to talk more about lively. that lively. <laughs> Mine's more truthful. Well, (laughs) So no, but I I think like, and then, (laughs) okay, so like that is, we're living in the same generation right now. You know what I mean? And the way that we experience the same exact event, we would tell the story differently. You know what I mean? So to me, again, back to it being like through the, through actual like humanity that these scriptures came to be, like, to me, that just like, it just gives me hope and makes me excited because I'm like, of course they are going to experience God and speak about God and the divine and the way that they um, connect with God differently than we do thousands of years later. And of course, it's going to continue to evolve because humanity is continuing to evolve. And the ways that we are interacting with the world is going to continue to evolve and change. And so to me, it just, it, it makes me excited because I'm like, God was always with them. And God mm-hmm. was and, and God was faithful to to like meet them where they were at, and so to me it just gives me hope.
0: And, and you it, put up it, with a lot of their crap.
1: Yeah, and it gives me freedom. <laughs> like it gives it makes me feel really free to be like. And we're gonna. I know we're gonna talk about this more, but like even just feeling free to to allow. Like to be able to read the scriptures and to be able to be able to to know that I have the authority to like actually. Um, hear, like God speak to me through the scriptures my, and I don't need like, you know, some, somebody to like, I don't know, give me authority to do that or something like that. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah. That's gonna be a really fun conversation next week. <laughs> Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, it will be. It's going to be great. I, I, you know what it is for me is it, um, in what it's done for me over the last three, four, five years. Is give me this bigger picture of a lot of the shifts that are happening on a spiritual landscape. And I've sensed a lot of people almost frantically like, how do we defend against, keep back, return to, as if it's bad, mm. the shifts that are happening. And I, it, it's, or made.
1: as if like some of the, the ways that we did things in the past were better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Almost like, let's return to like, the 1950s. Well, how are we think about all the things that were messed up in the 1950s that we don't want to return to, or like, let's return back to the early church. Yeah. And sorry.
0: No, I just it gives me this really cool lens to go. Oh my gosh, God's in a really cool moment right now, and we get front row seats. That's how like like it gives me a different sense of like. Oh, there's something new it's being birthed in the world and it's kind of exciting to watch it
1: and how do we get to participate in that and be part of (laughs) we have a teenager walking by making faces out the window at us right now um yeah how do we get to be a part of that to me that's what excites me and gives and gives me freedom and hope
0: yeah yeah and so growth and change it's it's baked in. It's supposed to be there. It's part of the thing.
1: Mm.
0: And we're going to talk about that at our workshop this Thursday. I Which we would you love to you come. to join. So we're, we're actually going to break down a lot of the <laughs> yeah. stuff that we were referencing today um, in a lot more detail. So jump in with us. Jump in the conversation. Um, we'd love to see you there. And, of course, the Marriage retreats coming up in November. Um, have a fantastic week.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on.
0: And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.